What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm so excited to be back. I'm sorry for such a long wait. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get an episode out before uh, Week 1 of the NFL season um, and how I just kind of stopped like right before the playoffs the last season. I had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I've moved recently. I have driven across the country. I've been to Texas. I've been to uh, Idaho. I've been to Maine. I've been everywhere. So, um, But I'm back now. I had taken some time off to basically just get set up, you know, my uh, my wife and I, we've been moving around, trying to get everything figured out, um, trying to get a place to live and all this stuff, so I now feel like I can finally sit down, I've got my schedule figured out, I can sit down, record a podcast, and get going, uh, and I'm just so excited to be back because I've missed this so much, I've missed uh, doing this every week, um, I was just freaking out because I couldn't watch the uh the playoffs or anything last season I didn't get to see the Buccaneers make the incredible run to the Super Bowl um I did see them beat my Cowboys this past week but that's whatever um (laughs) um but yeah I'm really excited to be back um the schedule for right now I'm going to do my best to get episodes out the Tuesday after um, the Monday night games uh, every week so I can recap the Thursday night games or the Thursday night game, the Sunday games, and then the Monday night game. <clears throat> and then uh, Wednesday, I'm probably going to have like a shorter version of uh, the podcast come out on Wednesday so that I can, you know, give my predictions for that week. Um, you know, who I think is going to have, say, like a comeback win or maybe a uh, an upset win, that kind of thing, like I did last year. Um, I'm really excited to do like the the second official season um, of the NFL and of the podcast. I'm calling it season two because I took a long break, and um, now that we're back for this uh, NFL season, I think it would be appropriate to say that this is another season of the podcast. So uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, this week we're going to be recapping all the games that happened this week. Um, I only got about four of them right. Um, I... I don't know what happened. Um, I heard that a lot of people had a hard time with this too. Um, I was I listened to the Around the NFL podcast. If you guys don't know who they are, um, that's ran by Dan Hansis, uh, also with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler, um, and produced by Erica Tamposi. If you guys want to listen to good NFL analysis by real professionals, um, I definitely go check them out. Um, they're a big inspiration to me, and I, I love listening to them. They're funny. They're it's just it's a good time for them, and uh, they do really great work. Um, but even they had a horrible time uh, picking these games. A lot of them they locked up games that were just not even close. Um, I think uh, one of the guys, Greg, locked up the uh, the Titans, and that we all saw how that happened or how that went. So it was uh, it was definitely not a good week for me. I got let's see, I picked the Titans to beat the Cardinals, which we'll break down. We'll break down all these games, but I lost that. Uh, I lost the Jags game because I, I picked the uh, the Jags to win. Uh, I lost the Vikings game. I lost the Colts game. Buffalo. I got the 49ers game correct. I didn't get the score correct, but the score is the hardest part. Um, I got. I lost the Washington game. I lost the Jets game. Uh, the Eagles game. <laughs> I lost the Browns game. The Packers won Denver, which was an easy pick, I think. Uh, Dolphins, I won that. I won the Rams game, and I lost the damn Raiders game, um, which I'm really happy for the Raiders, but I was like, God damn it, I wanted to finish the week off strong. So let's see. I got one, two, three, and... 
four, four, four games right this week. That's a pretty solid start to the season. Uh, so what was it? There's 15 games this week, I believe. I think on Sunday. I know there's 15 games in total. Oh, and I picked the uh, the Cowboys to upset the Bucks. That was kind of a homer pick for me, but uh, I also lost that game. So um, that should be 15 games because we got one, two on Monday night and Thursday, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen games. Uh, I believe, yeah. 15 so i'm uh four and 11 to start solid solid start of the season um but i'm gonna try and keep track of that um as the episodes go on so i can at the end of the season um give my overall record as to how i did um when it comes to picking games or like fantasy football i'm god awful i think i've stated that before um but yeah so i i try not to to boast saying that i'm good at that because i'm not um i did win in my fantasy league this week or at least one of them um in one league my like one of the guys i was playing against uh got double my points he had like 160 and i had like 82 or something like that and then um in my other league i had like 130 and uh, the other guy had i think 110 so i did solid in that one i'm I'm notorious in my family and my group of people i do fantasy football with for uh either winning one to two games or winning zero games at all because yeah i've just got super bad luck but Let's hop right into the games here. No more me going on about <laughs> me being bad at picking games. Um, we're going to hop right into the Texans over the Cardinals, or Texans in the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals offense was, as it usually is in the early season, um, absolutely phenomenal. They were firing at all cylinders. Uh, Kyler Murray was just phenomenal. He threw four touchdowns uh, for 298 yards, and he had one rushing touchdown, so five total which I think only Jameis Winston tied that, but we'll get there. Um, uh, and Kyler Murray, he didn't do like dink and dunk passes either, um, which he and he's not afraid to throw it uh, far down the field either. He went uh, for over 20-yard passes six times, which is very impressive. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, picked up right where he left off uh, last season, being probably the best uh, receiver in the NFL, arguably. Um, I would say he is right now. Uh, he had six catches for 83 yards and two touchdowns, which doesn't sound like a lot when it comes to yardage, but his effect on the overall game, um, and like what you, when you have to plan for somebody, you can't not plan for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so I found it, uh, very, very effective, um, him being in the game. And I just think his ability to catch the ball and make uh, super athletic plays is he's right now, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, the Cardinals defense absolutely ate the Titans offense. The Titans offense was a very anticipated one coming into the season, especially with the signing of Julio Jones, Derrick Henry coming off of one of the best rushing seasons in NFL history. Um, you know, everybody was super excited to see how the Titans did and Chandler Jones and the defense had other ideas. Um, Chandler Jones absolutely just ruined Tyler or Taylor Luan. Um, the tackle for the Texans, uh, he racked up five sacks and two forced fumbles on Ryan Tannehill. He was all over the place. Um, I think somebody, there was something that said, uh, he's on pace for like 80 something sacks in a season, which probably not going to happen. Um, but still it's crazy. Chandler Jones, I think is super underrated. He's gotten a lot more media attention in the past couple of years, um, with how good he is, but he, I think he's super underrated for his position and how well he does. He does. 
um, which is a great start for him because he wanted out of um, Arizona right after the J.J. Watt signing. He just didn't want to be there anymore, um, but they were able to talk him into it, and he's he's still there, um, and he's just he's so good. <clears throat> so good for Chandler Jones and Taylor Lewan did something that was so I thought was funny. Um, it was like a very Taylor Lewan is a very uh, uh, interesting uh, character in the NFL. He's one of the funnier guys in the NFL, and he tweeted out after the game thanking Chandler Jones for kicking his ass and um, apologizing to the fan base. The apology is a normal thing, you know. Usually, some players if they you know have a feel like they need to apologize to a fan base or whoever that they'll go on to a media source or like in a press conference they'll say like yeah like I'm sorry to the fans blah 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 blah. Taylor Luan thanked Chandler Jones which I thought was interesting um it was a it was a competitor's move I, I guess you could say um but yeah I thought that was rather interesting um the Titans defense uh wasn't able to get off the field either um the Cardinals converted seven of 13 times on third down, which if you can convert half the time on third down, you're going to have a pretty solid day. And what was even worse for the Titans is their red zone defense. The uh, Cardinals were able to convert four or five times in the red zone, um, which either resulted in you know, a, a field goal or a touchdown most of the time. Uh, so the, defense, the Titans defense really needs to fix that up. Um, it the the Cardinals like shook the Titans. Um, they uh, Mike Rabel came out and said, you know, this is where we're gonna find out like what our our atmosphere is like and what our environment's like. Like this this loss like hurt the Titans bad um, to, to the point to where they're questioning who they are in Week One. Um, and I think everybody gets really worked up over Week One too. Like you see people saying, oh the the Rams are you know going are a Super Bowl contender, which they could be, but you know, they played the. The, the Bears, you know, you need to see a little bit more. I'm not saying the Rams aren't good, but I'll get there. But I'm just saying people get very worked up over week one. Um, so I think the Titans just need to stick their guns because they have a crazy good roster um, other than Malcolm Butler retiring um, and, and leaving their team. But other than that, you know, they have a crazy good roster. Their offense is super talented, and they just need to stick to their guns, I think, and they'll be fine. They just had a really bad day from Taylor Lewan. I think if you take those five sacks away and make it probably one to give Chandler Jones, you know, the respect he deserves, um, I think you have a very different outcome. Uh, and Derrick Henry, also, this was a big part of the Titans' uh, offensive scheme that was held to just super silent. Um, he had only eight yards in the first half, which if you want to beat the Titans, you have to do that. You have to stop Derrick Henry because Ryan Tannehill is a fine quarterback, but he's not a whole lot to me. He's not a whole lot without uh, Derrick Henry doing his thing. And Derrick Henry starting off uh, his, you know, uh, his season after a 2000 yard season, you know, holding him to eight yards is not great in the first half. So um, the Titans definitely have some things to work on, but I think they'll be okay. They're a very talented team, like I said. Um, the Cardinals, I'm very interested to see what they do because they were the same way last season. Everybody was super high on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals for being like a legit contender. And then we saw that they, you know, barely had a winning season last year. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a little hesitant um, on that. But, you know, this could be the year where Kyler Murray finally steps into his own overall and maybe becomes a true MVP candidate and could possibly get the Cardinals um, back into the playoffs.
not saying that they were there yesterday, last year, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, the Jaguars over the Texans. I had the Jags win in this game. Um, I a lot of it was based off of Trevor Lawrence because um, you know the guy's just a winner. Um, he has been through high school and college, um, and you know those are very different. I'm not saying like high school translates to college very well, and college doesn't translate to the NFL very well. That's not what I'm saying. But the guy's just a known winner throughout his career. Um, I think like one of the huge stats of this year was that, or of this week was that like, it's his first regular season loss in his life, which is absolutely insane. Um, but the Texans, the Texans definitely challenged, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was very underwhelming. I thought, um, he threw three touchdowns, which was fine. Um, but I, I wasn't really, um, impressed with him. Uh, he displayed an inability to take care of the football, uh, throwing three interceptions against the Texans, which uh, the Texans' defense, those three interceptions, um, I'm pretty sure that beats more than they had in the entirety of last year. I'm pretty sure they had only two. But either way, um, the Texans' defense was very good. Um, they they didn't blitz during this entire game. They played seven to eight players back, and they, uh, they forced Trevor Lawrence to make decisions downfield and really put him to what I called the NFL test. Because, you know, you, you have real defensive linemen who are not, you know, like – 23 24 maybe 25 year old you know men who are in college you know these are nfl players who've been who can have been doing this for you know 10 years eight years something like that you know they know how to do this and the jags aren't a fantastic team offensively you know they have some pieces but they're not they haven't displayed that in years as to being like a, a scoring team and so trevor lawrence was really put to the test i think he did fine um you know, he, like I said, he was underwhelming, but for what he was put up against, especially throwing wise, um, the, the touchdowns that he had, they were fine touchdowns. Um, they weren't really, they weren't, they weren't in critical points of the game. I thought, I thought a lot of them could have been uh, garbage time. Uh, he did have almost 400 yards, but once again, um, it could have been garbage time. Uh, but you know, we'll see Trevor Lawrence definitely had a, an underwhelming debut, but he, he did show an ability to score the football. Um, and we'll see what happens next week for him. Uh, the Vikings over the Bengals is who I chose. I chose the Vikings, but, uh, that obviously did not happen. It was probably what I think besides maybe the Ravens game, um, was probably the most exciting game. I love when games go into OT, um, because every single snap matters. Every single play matters. Um, and you can't you can't make any mistakes. That's that's a huge thing. Um, the Bengals came out uh, in the end for this win. Uh, it was a 27-24. Um, Joe Burrow had a great debut, or not a debut, but a comeback. Um, he threw 20. Uh, he had 20 completions for 27 total passes. Um, he threw 261 yards and two touchdowns, um, which is you know a perfect stat line um, for a return. You know you don't need to to go off and completely carry your team every single time. Uh, let's see. And then Joe Mixon had a, had an awesome return as well. Um, Joe Mixon is super effective running back. I think he's very underrated and undervalued in the NFL. Um, the people who do pay attention to, you know, the game know that Joe Mixon can be a super, you know, useful asset, which he was in this game. He ran 29 times for 127 yards and a touchdown, um, which is really all you can ask for from a running back um, other than, you know, like a super explosive, like Derrick Henry performance. Um, Jamar Chase uh, shut up the doubters, including myself. 
um, with five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I really wasn't impressed with Jamar Chase in the preseason. I had some real uh, doubts coming into the regular season because he you know, showed an inability to hold on to the ball in the preseason when, you know, not a lot of teams are playing their starters or, you know, like defenses that are very good. And he just like was dropping wide open passes. So I had some legit concerns, but he, he shut us up. He had great connection with Joe Burrow. Um, and he, he did a fantastic job and I hope he keeps it up because I do like this kid a lot. And I hope, um, I hope that he, he has a good future ahead of him. Um, the Vikings, what it was penalties um in the first half they had around 10 i believe it was um i don't have the exact number but they had around 10 penalties um and then what was the issue was those penalties was causing were causing them to have like second and long or third and long or sometimes even first and long which makes them have to throw throw the ball to um make up that yardage which is just not how the vikings are that's a direct quote from mike zimmer is you know their their makeup is not throwing the ball it's running it because they have one of the best in the league arguably the best in Dalvin Cook um and you know their their big uh bread and butter is just letting the chef cook you know (laughs) um but penalties and big mistake or mistakes and big moments um need to be addressed but once those are fixed um they can be a a really good team they have a a solid roster that they do every year um I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins (laughs) but the, their defense is, is a solid core roster, um, and I think they'll be just fine. Just those those little tweaks that you need to make about, you know, not getting all these penalties and not, you know, fumbling the ball. Dalvin Cook had a fumble um, that led to the the uh, winning uh, the winning field goal from the Bengals, um, you know, and he's one of the best in the league, so they can all work on something. It's not just like, you know, a, a rookie guard or something making a, a, a big mistake. You know, everybody can work on something. So, But I do believe that once the Bengal or the Vikings fix those mistakes, that they'll be just fine. Uh, moving on to the Colts versus Seattle. I had the Colts in this one. I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan, but um, I took the, the new scenery for Carson Wentz, and I thought, you know what, I think it'll be a close one, um, which it really wasn't. <laughs> um, but I, I was banking on Carson Wentz and the Colts because I do like the Colts roster, um, but I, I'm probably not going to pick them again until they actually start to prove that they can be consistent and that they uh, aren't going to be riddled with injuries because Carson Wentz seems to have the injury bug himself, but he starts to pull it to other teams that he plays for. <laughs> um, the Seattle offense, though, was crazy, just like they are every year, honestly. If, if Russell Wilson's on the field, he's going to he's gonna score, and he's going to have some big plays, and that's, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, they scored 21 points in the first half. Russell Wilson connected with Tyler Lockett twice in the first half. Um, Lockett had a crazy day himself. He had 100 yards receiving, two touchdowns with only four catches. Um, which is a great stat line. You know, that's an average of 25 yards per catch, um, which is great. Uh, Russell Wilson threw only 23 times in this game, um, but he threw for 254 yards and four touchdowns, which I don't know what else you can ask for. Um, the real story is the the Colts offensive line gave up three sacks and five tackles for a loss, which just doesn't put you anywhere good. Um, Carson Wentz stat line was fine, um, but they didn't really, the Colts couldn't really climb back into this one. Um, I think they are going to get hit with the injury bug, which sucks, but I, I really hope not. 
because um, like I said, I really do uh, like their roster, but this this week it just it wasn't their day. Um, Carson Wentz threw twenty five uh, or t- Carson Wentz threw thirty eight times, completed twenty five passes. Um, he threw for two hundred fifty one yards and two touchdowns. Um, like I said, is a fine stat line, but that's just unless you got some help from you know other places like your defense being able to stop the Seattle offense or you know your running committee being able to help out a little bit you're just not going to you're not going to win games that way um Seattle was in control over this game uh, basically the whole time and it was just a solid performance by Seattle which they have almost every year um in the beginning of the season the Seattle and the Cardinals um are very similar to me um as in they both have very dynamic quarterbacks um, who have like great first weeks, especially this past two years. Um, and Russell Wilson, you know, was a MVP candidate last season, like a front runner. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. I never get, I don't get too excited over the Cardinals or the Seahawks at the start of the season. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is what happens, but let's see, you know, week 12, how are they doing week 14? How are they doing? Cause those are the ones that really matter. Um, Buffalo versus the Steelers. Um, I thought this was a surefire win for Buffalo. Um, I think they're just a better team overall. Um, I think they have the better offense. The defense is probably not as good as the Steelers, um, but they're right there. You know, they're one of the top 10 defenses in the league, just like the Steelers are. Um, Steelers probably top five, maybe top three, but that's here nor there. Um, The Bills and Steelers were locked together in this game um, until about the fourth quarter. Um, when the Steelers had a blocked punt for a touchdown, which was a, which was a turning point for this game. And then uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was able to connect with Deontay Johnson um, on a crazy athletic catch. Like Deontay Johnson like had the ball, and then he twisted, and he lost it, and then caught it again, and was able to toe-tap right as he was about to fall out of bounds. It was a very, very athletic catch, and it was very impressive. Um, the Steelers' defense uh, showed that it didn't slow down at all over the offseason, only holding the Bills that have a great offense, a really dynamic offense, um, to 16 points. Um, and it was even crazy, crazier that I thought was that um, Zach Moss being out, um, Devin Singletary was back into the, the starting position for the Bills' running backs, and Devin Singletary showed up. He you know, had some uh, big runs um, in key moments in the fourth quarter, and they still didn't win, which I thought was uh, – saying something for the Bills or the uh, Steelers defense. So I, I'm not really too worried about the Bills. Um, Josh Allen, he played well statistically, um, but the Steelers defense made it very difficult for him and the Bills offense to, to get going late in the game, um, which was you know just a testament to how good their defense is. Um, Josh Allen had, like I said, a better stat line. He threw 51 passes for 30 completions, uh, 270 yards, and a touchdown. Um but it's just it wasn't enough for the uh, for the Steelers defense to to hold against them. All right, next up uh, the Steel or the Forty ers over the Lions. Uh, I got this one right. I, th- I think it was pretty pretty hard to get this one wrong. Um, the the Forty ers had a really good showing. Uh, you could see how the injuries from last season how bad it riddled this team. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being back, he. Uh, was very similar to his 2019 campaign. He had two touchdowns. He had, uh, I believe it was around 250 yards, and he just had a solid showing. Um, Trey Lance got onto the field. He had his first pass ever was a touchdown, and they just kind of, they didn't put Trey Lance in, like, over Jimmy G, but they put him in, like, what I thought was Jimmy G's weak points, which was a red zone, Um, and it worked. Um, They didn't do it every time that they were in the red zone, but they... um, they use Trey Lance here and there, and I think that's going to be their uh, 
their like go to on how to use Trey Lance until Jimmy G screws up or you know gets hurt. Um, Debo Samuel was so good, just like he was in 2019. Um, he went for 181 receiving yards and a touchdown. He was all over the place. Um, and the Lions, uh, the Lions almost battled back in this one. It was kind of a nail biter towards the end. Um, Jared Goff really started to turn it on um, when he threw for 338 yards and three touchdowns. He almost led them to the comeback win, uh, scoring 16 points in the fourth quarter. Um, the Lions had a onside kick recovery that uh, ended up turning into a touchdown, and then they went for another one and they didn't get it. But it was a very, very um, dramatic ending to the game. But the Niners were in control almost the whole time. All right, next up is uh, the Washington football team against the Chargers. I had Washington winning this one just by three points. Um, that was before Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. But even so, um, Washington, I felt like, was very lucky to be in this game, uh, even after Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. But it just showed how well the defense on Washington is, or how good they are. Because even without their starting quarterback on the other end of the field, they showed that they are one of the few defenses that can slow down the Chargers. The Chargers still scored 20 points for the win, but the Chargers are so much better than that. They score a lot of points. They get a lot of yards, and they're just they're stat machines. Um, Justin Herbert threw 47 passes for 31 completions. He threw 330 yards and one touchdown and uh, one interception. And it's just, I was very impressed with Washington's defense to be able to hold the team like this down because they're not hurt either. Austin Eckler had a great day. Um, he was very productive. He had 15 touches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, and Taylor Heineke uh, threw for 122 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was fine. He's just a rookie. He probably wasn't expecting to play today. Um, but we'll see. Uh, right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on IR. Um, so I'd imagine that Taylor Heineke is probably going to start next week, and we'll see how he does going in, maybe with a more preparation um, and mental preparation, like ex- uh, expecting to be the starter. Um, maybe it'll be better this time around. But I, once again, a big takeaway for me was the Washington football's defense, or football team's defense uh, being able to hold the Chargers down for as long as they did. I think if you have your starting quarterback in there or somebody who's just a little bit more experienced, um, I think this, this probably turns into a Washington win. all right uh next was the debut of zach wilson but also the revenge game of sam darnold um i had the jets winning this one by only four points i had him winning 28 to 24 which wasn't a very high scoring game but the panthers ended up pulling it out uh zach wilson though we'll start with him um he threw for 250 yards two touchdowns one interception um he showed some serious toughness um Zach Wilson was hit 10 times in this game, and he was sacked five times. Um, He got rocked one of the plays. Um, I can't remember what quarter it was, but I remember watching him. Uh, He got absolutely just destroyed. Like, his head bounced off the turf. He got up, like, a little slowly, but he shook it off and then went down the field, and two plays later, he's throwing a touchdown pass to Corey Davis. Um, It was a super, you know, great display of of toughness from him, which makes me really excited for Zach Wilson. I wasn't very high on him coming into the league. I just really wasn't sure how he was going to do. I was more sure about, like, somebody like Justin Fields than I was him. Um, But I think the Jets, if they can start building around uh, Wilson a little bit more, especially getting him a little bit better of an offensive line, um, then I think they'll be just fine. Uh, Corey Davis had a day for the Jets, even though they lost. He had two touchdowns, 97 yards, and five receptions. Of course, he was on my fantasy bench, though. Uh, (laughs) um, 
and the Jets had really good red zone defense um, on that day, allowing them to stay in the game. Uh, that was like a big part of uh, keeping the Jets in the game. Um, and they held the, the Panthers to only one touchdown all day. Um, it just was unfortunate that uh, the Jets didn't start scoring their touchdowns till late in the game. Um, Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson connected for a 57-yard touchdown. Um, Sam Darnold had a great day throwing uh, 35 total passes and completing 24 of them. Uh, he threw for 297 yard, or, uh, 79 yards and a touchdown. Um, and Christian McCaffrey you know, had an cr- awesome comeback game. Uh, he got 30 touches in total, and he rushed for 98 yards and caught 89. I don't know what more you can ask of him. Um, you know, you would hope that he'd hit pay dirt or the end zone at least once, but that's not always the case. Um, both of these teams, I thought, had very promising showings. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers made it into, like, the wild card games, um, but we'll see. We have to see if Sam Darnold truly um, – it, I want to see Sam Darnold play a team like uh, the the Saints or somebody, um, and actually have like a, a productive showing. Because um, I'm, it's not that I'm not a believer in Sam Darnold. It's just I want to see him uh, produce against a more elevated team than the Jets. Um, but other other than that, both of these teams had very promising showings, and I'm very excited for both of them moving forward. Uh, next up, Atlanta versus the Eagles. Uh, I had the Falcons beating the Eagles uh, by a touchdown, uh, 35-28, to and I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, Jalen Hurts was just phenomenal. I've always loved Jalen Hurts. He's one of the game's top uh, athletes, and he keeps proving it again and again. But but because we didn't see him till late in the season last year, that a lot of people just don't believe in him. They probably do now, or they're starting to, but I thought I thought the world of Jalen Hurts um, right when he touched the field. Um, he is a super dangerous quarterback. I've heard him be described as Lamar Jackson, but with better throwing. Um, and I think that's you know not a dig at Lamar Jackson. I think that's just a great way to describe Jalen Hurts. He's just he's a great passer. He's a great runner, and you know he's going to be a quarterback in these coming years that you're going to have to plan for quite a bit. Um, Jalen Hurts threw for uh, 264 yards, three touchdowns, and he also ran for 62 yards. Um, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Dallas Goddard um, shown that they can be effective receivers for um, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Rager I was pretty excited for last year, and he had an okay showing. Um, Dallas Goddard's been a a safety valve, um, which is all you can ask for a tight end. And Devontae Smith, I wasn't sure about him coming into the season because he's very small for a wide receiver. Um, I know that's kind of like a, a stupid shtick that, you know, wide receivers need to be like at least 200 pounds or like 100-something pounds. I think it's like 190 pounds just to be able to hold their own weight uh, against like big, bigger players in the game. But I thought Devontae Smith uh, had a great showing. He had a touchdown in this game as did Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard. Um, the Falcons aren't Super Bowl contenders, but the Eagles um, are going to win a lot of games or a good amount of games this year. I feel like this offense is really good. Um, the defense held a rather juiced up uh, Val- Falcons offense, only six points. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for this Eagles team moving forward. Um, Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley for the Falcons only combined for nine catches and 82 yards. And those are your, your two big receivers, um, other than Russell Gage as well. But those, those are your, your two big receivers. You know, you need to have way more production, um, than that from them. Um, but we'll see moving forward how they do. I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not saying that the Falcons aren't good, but their offense is very talented, um, so they should be able to put up more than six points. Uh, let's see. Next, I had the Browns beating Kansas City. This was like my crazy pick of the week because the safe pick is to go with Kansas City, but um, the Browns are a very, very talented offense, very talented defense, and I think overall, if you look at their roster, I think they're just more talented than the Chiefs are when it comes to the roster, like overall. Um, that's not saying the Chiefs aren't talented, you know, but I just think that they have a better roster. Um, the Browns put up a valiant effort against the mighty Chiefs. Um, they scored four touchdowns on five drives um, to start the game. Baker made very few mistakes in this game, but unfortunately his biggest mistake came at the end of the game with the, the game-ending interception. Um, Kansas City did what Kansas City does. You know, they were down big. Um, in the game, but they just kept fighting back and battling back um, in Arrowhead, and they just kept going and kept going and kept going. There's not sorry, not in Arrowhead, but they just kept coming back, and they were they were just having a day. Um, the Browns were really trying to keep up; they were doing their absolute best. But in the end, Kansas City was able to take the lead late in the game, and the Browns looked like they were going to march right down the field and take it back um, until Baker rolled out to uh, I think it was rolled out to his left. Um, at the end of the game and he was getting tackled um, and he threw the ball and it looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds there was a Browns receiver in the area but it looked like he was trying to throw it out of bounds but I think the ball got pulled down because he was getting tackled as he threw it um, but I'm very excited for this Browns team moving forward they have a, a good uh, good quarterback in Baker Mayfield who just doesn't make horrible decisions all the time he's starting to get a lot better the defense really proved themselves against Kansas City um, and I'm really excited for them going forward. In Kansas City, they're they're Kansas City. You know, they're the Chiefs. They're everybody's gonna want to beat them. Them and the Bucks. Those are the two teams that you want to beat this year. So I, uh, you know, the Kansas City's Kansas City. I don't really have a whole lot of uh, of analysis for them because you know, by at this point, we we know who they are. They're a very dynamic offense. Um, they're a tough defense. Uh, they're not easy to run on. Not the easiest to throw on either. And they're going to throw all over you on offense unless you can uh, have an answer for Patrick Mahomes or uh, Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey or McCole Hardman. You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, the next game was probably the craziest game I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, was And it was a very underwhelming game was the Packers versus the Saints. This was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Actually... Actually, no. You know, you know. Now that I think about it, it's kind of it kind of makes sense because last season the Bucks did the same thing to the Saints or to the to the Packers early in the season. The Packers were um, they just didn't play like them normal selves. You know, um, the Bucks were all over them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a couple touchdowns in that game, but the Bucks just ended up taking over. And this game was the same way, except the Packers never scored more than one field goal. Um, Jameis Winston was absolutely magical for the Saints on this Sunday. Uh, he threw five touchdowns, but only for 148 yards. Um, a lot of that is thanks to field position um, when it comes to the yardage because it doesn't really match up with the amount of touchdowns. Um, but the Saints' defense played very well. They pressured uh, Aaron Rodgers a, a lot. Um, they made him make very bad throws. And the Packers just weren't in this game. Um, Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions, um, and it only had 138 yards passing. Um, and he only had like 60 yards, I think, in the first half, um, which is just not normal. Um, I don't think this will last at all because, like I said, the Buccaneers did the exact same thing to the Packers early in the season. Um, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers went on to have a, an MVP season. 
Um, so I'm not really worried about the pack, but the Saints, I was really happy for. Um, that city's been through a lot. Um, that team's been through a lot. They're not even playing in their home stadium. They were playing in uh, Jacksonville because, um, you know, the hurricane going that happened and all the relief that's going on right now. Um, but the Saints played phenomenal. I think it was a great win for them. I think they have something worth playing for. I heard that recently, and I think that's a great way to describe the Saints. Um, and, you know, we'll see what they do because teams sometimes when they have something else to play for rather than just winning um, tend to do great things. So I'm really excited for them moving forward. Uh, next up is Denver versus the Giants. I got this one right. Um, the Broncos were bold as hell. Uh, against the Giants they went for it on fourth down three times and converted all three times which usually you'll only see maybe going for it on fourth down on any game with any team ever maybe once in like a late game in a close one Um, but you know Fangio um, just Vic Fangio was just you know all over the damn place he was like fuck it we're gonna go for it um teddy bridgewater and the broncos uh made those conversions count too they scored uh, 17 points on those three drives um teddy was very solid for the broncos uh he threw 36 total passes completed 28 of them uh he had 264 yards and two touchdowns um and teddy is you know teddy two gloves teddy teddy bridgewater teddy teddy he uh, he's a super solid quarterback i love him He's a great player. Um, I really wish he didn't get injured in his career um, in Minnesota because I'd like to see where he'd be at right now. But um, he was very solid against a, a Giants defense that um, is very – it doesn't complement its offense very well because the offense sucks. Um, but the Giants defense had, is not easy to throw against or just play against, period, um, which I think can show a little bit um, to the Broncos' offense because they have a very solid offense with Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, um, Jerry Judy, who Jerry Judy did get hurt in this game. I haven't heard a lot about it, but he did get carted off, um, and he's going to miss some time. Um, but even, you know, you have Melvin Gordon um, back there as well in the running back. So they have a very solid offense. I just haven't been able to really put it together. Um, but Melvin Gordon ran for 101 yards in this game and a touchdown, um, which was a lot, which was very good um, production from what we've seen uh, in past years for him. So I hope he comes back because Melvin Gordon, when he's when he's on, he's he's a really good running back. Um, the Giants are also being held back by Daniel Jones. That's my that is my take on him now. Um, I had been a little hopeful for Daniel Jones. I'm um, going into it. You know, you have like your first couple of years where you know your quarterback's not very good. You know, he's making mistakes, but he's learning. Um, kind of like Josh Allen in his first couple of years, but now Daniel Jones is not making any strides. Um, he was subpar in this game. Um, he has no playmaking ability, and he had one touchdown to Sterling Shepard against the rookie Patrick Sertan, or Sertan, sorry, um, which was a highlight play, but it was the only one. And Patrick Sertan, you know, that was his his first NFL game, and he, you know, was playing against. Sterling Shepard like I don't really know how to how to justify this but I didn't find it that impressive that Daniel Jones scored a his only touchdown against a rookie cornerback who is a super prospect like he's gonna be he's gonna be great in his career Patrick Sertan's very good um, but I was not very impressed with Daniel Jones at all uh, and I probably won't be going forward either uh, moving on to the AFC East, we have the Dolphins versus the Patriots. I did get this one right, but my score was not correct. I had them winning 24 to 20 and the Dolphins ended up winning, uh, 17 to 16. Um, it, this couldn't have been more evenly matched um, both teams there. You don't give out sympathy trophies in this game. Um, but 
both teams should be happy with the way their teams played. Um, other than the fumbles by the Patriots, Mac Jones and the offense played very well. They took care of the ball other than, I think it was two fumbles. Um, one of them was like a phantom, a phantom fumble, um, by Damian Harris, Damian Harris, like late in the game. And like, you have no idea how it happened. It just did. Um, but they, they played very well. I thought, um, uh, Mac Jones threw uh, twenty or Mac Jones threw thirty nine total passes for twenty nine completions, um, two hundred eighty one yards and a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris picked up where he left off last season as an effective unit um, on the offense, rushing for a hundred yards. I love Damian Harris. I think he's great. Um, I picked him up in fantasy. He's a great running back. He hits hard. He hits the holes very fast. Um, and he he just gets those yards that you need. And I think he's a he's a great pickup if you haven't gotten him in fantasy. And he's he's just an, a great all around player. And I think he really gives the Patriots a running game that they need um, desperately in case you know say Mac Jones has a has an off day. Um, Tua in the Miami offense, uh, they were having consistent scoring through the first three quarters. Um, and then they slowed down a little bit Tua had one interception, but other than that, Miami was just very consistent in this game. Um, and then it just kind of stalled out and, um, they couldn't really do much in the fourth quarter. But other than that, you know, they were off to the races right away in the, in the first quarter, in the first half. So, uh, I'm very happy for the, for the Miami Dolphins. I think they're going to have a solid season this year and I hope they make the playoffs cause I'd love to see them in there. Um, moving on to Sunday night, we have the Rams versus the Bears. Um, the Rams looked complete. Now that they have a consistent quarterback um, in Matthew Stafford, um, he, he looked great against the Bears. Uh, he threw for 321 yards, three touchdowns, and Stafford showed no fear throwing downfield against the Bears with uh, two touchdowns for over 50 yards, or like that were over 50 yards um, each. Um, and you know, it looked like they won this trade by a landslide, which I couldn't have agreed with. I agreed with when I read it, I was like, yeah, the, the Rams won this trade. Um, I think they are a Super Bowl contender now, um, that they have, um, Matthew Stafford, but like I said, a couple times now, this is early season, you know, we're not giving anybody trophies now. We're not giving on MVPs just yet. Um, but if there is something that do, does need to happen is that Matt Nagy either needs to play uh, Justin Fields or be fired. Um, he didn't blame Andy Dalton um, for not going downfield, and he didn't, like, I, I say Andy Dalton plays too safe football. Like, I think he plays football like a guy just trying to keep his job, not a guy who's trying to win a game. Um, and he Matt Nagy didn't blame Andy Dalton for not throwing downfield. He was like, oh, it's a part of our scheme and whatever. It's like, no, no, this guy is not as good as your quarterback, your rookie quarterback, who's not afraid to run the ball, who's, you know, younger, more athletic, um, and he's not afraid to throw it either, but you just won't let it happen. For some reason, I, they just won't play Justin Fields over Andy Dalton, um, and it's very uh, annoying because it's time for Justin Fields. Okay, The Bears need a good quarterback, which I think Justin Fields can be, um, he scored on his first play ever, and they, they still just don't want to play him. Um, it's very annoying. Um, I'm starting to be a part of the crowd that's calling for Matt Nagy's, for Matt Nagy's job because it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, moving on to Monday Night Football. This just happened last night. Uh, the Raiders' offense and defense were great. I love the Raiders. I think they're a great team. I did last year. I've always been a Derek Carr fan um, ever since the – um, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper days. I've been a fan of Derek Carr. Um, and Derek Carr threw for four, over 400 yards and two touchdowns in this game. 
the receiving committee for the Raiders shared the love. They all were effective. Um, Zay Jones, you could say, was the most effective, um, having the overtime touchdown uh, catch. But De'Aaron Waller was the uh, – or not De'Aaron, Darren Waller was the uh, the leading receiver with 10, 10 targets. And I read uh, – what was it? I think it was either 15 or 19 times that he was targeted, which was insane. <laughs> like that's an insane amount of times to target one receiver. Um, the real story of the night, though, that really uh, won the Raiders this game was Max Crosby. Um, the defensive tackle, he was unbelievable. He had six tackles, five QB hits, and two sacks on Lamar Jackson, of all people. Um, I could say that Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and probably um, Deshaun Watson are the you know three quarterbacks that are probably the most impossible to get your hands on. Maybe Russell Wilson, too. But yeah, no, Max Crosby had a great had a great uh showing against the Ravens and I hope he keeps it up because he could be that defensive asset that the uh the Raiders have been lacking and they desperately need. Um and it's not like the Ravens didn't play well on offense either. Um uh, Lamar Jackson fumbled twice, but you know, when you're getting hit five times and you're sacked twice, you know, it's very hard to hold on to the ball. Um but he was also pressured on fifty six percent of his dropbacks. So the the offensive line was not there for the Ra- or the Ravens this night. Um, Jackson also threw for 253 yards and a touchdown, um, and he also ran for 86 yards. He was doing it all himself, basically. Um, Tyson Williams and uh, Latavius Murray both ran for touchdowns. Um, much like the Vikings, Browns, and Titans, uh, failure to protect the quarterback or mistakes just in general was uh, the, uh, the Ravens' kryptonite in this game. Um, I was a little disappointed to see how they or read how they performed, but I mean they still put up points. I believe the the score was uh, twenty seven to thirty three. You know it's a it's a fine performance. Twenty seven points is you know going to win you most games, but uh, not this not this time around, which uh, is an unfortunate for the Ravens. But we'll see how they do. I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back and it'll be just fine. Um, but that's it for week one. Uh, I'm very excited to be back. Uh, I'm sorry again for the, for the super long break, um, but I've just had a bunch of stuff going on. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to keep doing this again. There'll probably be another mini episode out tomorrow. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.